Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Why did my producer, Jessica Severin Martinez want to do a whole show where we follow an American student's academic year abroad? Well, when she traveled to the U.S. from Germany on an exchange program 25 years ago, she learned a lot. I feel like the only way that we can all learn to live together is by actually living together and just expect the unexpected. Today you'll spend the year with us as we follow Francesca Cronin from Massachusetts to Sarajevo. Plus, her dad talks to us about how she was different when he visited her there. And you'll meet the best friend she made, who shares with me how her visit affected them both. And what's a big thing Francesca learned from all of this? Spoiler. This whole exchange has shown me that, like, I can deal with obstacles and I can move past it. And, like, if I've done this, then I can do anything. I'm Kyone Wolf. That's coming up next on Audacious, right after the news. From Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford, this is Audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf. Almost 25 years ago, to the date of this broadcast, Audacious producer Jessica Severindi Martinez joined an exchange program and traveled from her small town home in Neunkirchen, Germany, to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, here in the U.S. of A. Being exposed to new and different cultures was not unusual for her. Growing up, her family would host interns from all around the world, people who worked at the same company as her dad. I was three or four years old when we had the first one staying with us. And I just always thought, that's so crazy that you can call a book something else and like have these different languages around us. We had someone make Italian pasta in our kitchen and it was just such an experience. And I thought, you know what, when I'm old enough to do this, I want to do this myself. And that's how that happened in the late 90s. And I went from Germany, where I lived at the time, all the way to the U.S., to Oklahoma, of all Oklahoma places. City. Why o- Oklahoma City? Thank you. Why <laughs> Why Oklahoma City? So I got a scholarship from the CVYX program. That's actually still around, uh, has been around for 40 years. And it's a government scholarship funded by both Germany and the United States. And you just apply and they will place you wherever in the country. And I thought that sounded especially exciting because I didn't care where I was going to be. I was going to meet a new family and stay with a family and just um, be in a new environment. Doesn't matter where. Today, you're going to hear interviews that we conducted over the course of a year with a high school student who spent an academic year abroad. Before we meet that student... I had a few more questions for our producer, Jessica, about her experience. Like, how did she feel leaving her family in Germany, flying across the Atlantic Ocean to Oklahoma? Uh, Well, the assignment for Oklahoma City, I was feeling great um, because at the time, not many other friends that were going had um, received their host family addresses. I was one of the first ones. I knew where I was going. I had a plan. Uh, Oklahoma City sounded exciting for me as a girl that lived grew up in a small town city. Then the last couple of months before I left my family, though, were some of the hardest because I knew I wanted to do this, but I also love these people. And how can I just step away for a year? You know, that was hard. And was hard for my parents too. Now as a mom myself, I see how much love it must take to to let a kid go like this. And this is before we have FaceTime and yeah. uh, all the ways that we have to communicate and see each other and be in touch. So when you landed in the United States, uh, what kind of things overwhelmed your system? So we had three days in New York um, where we were meeting with other exchange students that were just all getting ready for their year and had like preparation seminars and stuff. I met so many people. Everybody was so friendly. Everyone was so pumped for the experience. But what overwhelmed me was the feeling of knowing, man, I'm on my own. Like, 
I had this tight network of family and friends and they were such a sounding board for everything that went through my mind. And all of a sudden, and I remember this moment, I had a brush and hairbrush in my hand and it snaps into two pieces as I was brushing my hair, such a small, irrelevant thing. But then I thought, you know, I, I just go talk to my mom about this. Look how it happened. And I realized, wow, there's nobody I can even tell this to. There, there was no way I could, I could collect call or I could, <laughs> yes, get my calling card and stuff, but it was just that much more difficult. And that's, that was overwhelming at first. But then I also knew I was going to travel on in three days and meet this new family and uh, have that new connection. So what was the new family like? Oh, they were fantastic. So they had five kids. Um, they owned a dance studio and they just really welcomed me into their world with open arms. And I took tap dancing lessons that I'd never taken in my life. And um, ballet and I I just really threw myself headfirst into their lives and I was thankful, still am so thankful that they really opened their hearts and home to me. So while you spent this year with this family in Oklahoma City, what were some of the highlights of your experience? Ah, um, it started on Labor Day weekend. So I arrived in August and on Labor Day weekend, we went uh, to their lake cabin to Grand Lake in uh, in Oklahoma and they had a boat and I tried tubing, I tried water skiing without success, but it, it made for, for good laughs. Um, that was one highlight. I made a friend, um, her name is Bea, she's from Hungary. She was also an exchange student at the time uh, in my same school and we became lifelong friends, uh, still in touch. And whenever I see her, it's like yesterday and we watched Titanic three times while we were there. And it's those little memories that just stick with you and that definitely highlight. Another highlight when my own family from Germany came to pick me up in June and my dad celebrated his 50th birthday over there at Sad Lake, at Grand Lake tubing. Um, so yeah, it, so many highlights, yes. Were there any times where you felt like you were a bit of a fish out of water? Germans are known to be very direct. Um, when I am interested in something, I say it. When I'm not, I say it too. <laughs> and I I didn't realize that I didn't hear many no's during that time. But people would say, oh, yeah, I'll call you later. Or, well, I, I can pick you up this weekend. Or And I, I would get so disappointed when it didn't happen. And so there were little things that I just realized, you know, I I grew up completely differently. I needed to adapt. And But it was a good lesson to see you know you isn't life about adapting all the time you you just during all these preparation seminars they always told us expect the unexpected don't go in with any expectations just be open to anything whatever may happen and don't judge just take it all in and that really stuck with me my whole life I'm still wherever I go I just said okay I let me observe and I'll judge later, or I don't really judge. I just take it all in, you know. When I think about taking it all in, I also think about, like, taking in the customs of a new place. You know, you were there over uh, Christmas and New Year's. How did it feel being in this new place and uh, experiencing how they maybe did it differently? It felt great. It started with Thanksgiving because that's something that we didn't celebrate in Germany. And that was nice to get the family together and have a huge turkey, have great food and share and laugh and be grateful. And um, December came around. A lot of my German customs, we have like Nikolaus, which is early in December, didn't happen. But then they started decorating even before Christmas. In Germany, we put up the Christmas tree on the 24th. Um, so I loved having a whole month of Christmas decorations around me and thought that was just the best thing. Um, it was just great to see all these new things and make them part of my life too. So when the time came to head back to Germany, what was it like for you? I knew, I always knew the whole year I had in my mind on June 19th, I'll be leaving again. So sometimes even with relationships, with people that I, I always knew that this is going to happen. So I thought, you know, I, I'll try not to get too attached to anything or anyone because I know I'll, I'll have to leave again, but it was still 
hard to leave. It was beautiful to hug my, my real family again, but it was also hard to say goodbye to the people that had made me feel at home uh, for that whole year. That's our beloved, audacious producer, Jessica Severin D. Martinez. Now, it was Jessica's idea to find a student who is traveling abroad and follow them throughout their experience, talk to them before they leave, while they're abroad, and after they get back. So we connected with Massachusetts high school student Francesca Cronin. She was part of the Yes Abroad program, where high school students live and study for an academic year in select countries with significant Muslim populations. They receive full scholarships from the U.S. Department of State's Kennedy Luger Youth Exchange and Study Abroad Program. That's where the yes in yes abroad comes from. And Francesca could have been sent to countries like Bulgaria, Egypt, Ghana, India, Indonesia, Jordan, Malaysia, Morocco, North Macedonia, Philippines, Senegal, Thailand, or Turkey. But her assignment was Bosnia and Herzegovina, a country that sits between Croatia, Serbia, and Montenegro. Specifically, she was sent to the capital and its largest city, Sarajevo. Later, we'll hear from Francesca's dad and her best friend that she made in Sarajevo. But first, here's our conversation with Francesca shortly before she left, in July of 2021. I asked her, why did she want to do this thing? Well, I've lived my entire life in a really small town. It's 3,000 people. And I've always felt this kind of bubble protecting me and everyone else in the town from just the outside world. And I've always wanted to meet people and see what the rest of the world is like, because I think there's so much more than what I have right now. What do you hope you come back with psychologically, emotionally, all the stuff? Well, I think that the program that I'm doing, it really emphasizes bridging the misunderstanding between the U.S. and a lot of countries. Um, so I hope that that's what I bring back, not just for myself to know the rest of the world, but for the people around me in my community right now. Because when I tell people I'm going to Bosnia, they say, that's that's an interesting choice. What's that, you know? Uh, and especially since the program sends students to um, countries with a large Muslim population, I think there is a lot of misunderstanding there that I'd like to try and get and even this past year, doing this program virtually, I feel even more certain that it's going to be a great program because I'm more mature than last year. And hopefully I'll get even more mature than that. What are you most excited about? You've had plenty of time to do research. You've had sort of virtual programming so you can get somewhat familiar. But what are you most excited about once you step off that plane? I think meeting the people. Um, I've had a little bit of opportunity to meet the people of Bosnia and they seem wonderful, but I'm excited to like make those relationships and to get connections with people. And this past year, I've been pretty isolated. We all have from the pandemic and I'm excited to see the rest of the world and the people in it. Is there anything that you're fearing or feeling really anxious about right now? Well, the program's called Yes Abroad, and so they emphasize saying yes to new opportunities. But I think what I fear is that I won't be able to say yes to everything and that I'll miss out on some things and not make the most of my year. You have luggage to pack, and I'm sure you're doing like a mental inventory of what can I bring with me? Are there any really special things that you are going to make sure that you bring? Special things, I have a little baby blanket that I've held on to since I was just a child. And I'm not sure if I'll bring it yet because I don't want anything to happen to it. By the way, my baby blanket, which I, I also still have, uh, when I was a child, I called it Giggle. It was my Giggle. Do you have a name for your blanket? Donkey, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Francesca Cronin, good luck out there. Thanks for talking with me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. When we get back, three more interviews spanning a year with Francesca and one conversation with the best friend she made over there in Sarajevo. Plus, what does her dad have to say about all this? Knowing that she was taking off was unappealing, but also it just made sense for her. She'd had enough of the local high school. It was, it was time for her to do something. I'm Kyone Wolf. This is Audacious. 
Stay with me. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. Hartford HealthCare recently celebrated the opening of the Ridge Recovery Center in Wyndham. Christy Scott, Vice President of Clinical Operations, describes this new state-of-the-art destination for healing. Individuals will come if they're suffering from substance use disorder and get individualized treatment. They can stay up to three to four weeks and receive family therapy, individual therapy, group therapy, and lots of other holistic care like yoga, trail walking, acupuncture. So it's going to be a great place for people to come and heal. For those seeking recovery, finding it close to home can sometimes be challenging. Many individuals travel to Florida and other states that have more treatment centers, so we're hoping by doubling our capacity at Hartford HealthCare, the individuals can stay in their home state with their family and support systems close by. To learn more, go to ctpublic.org slash health. This is Audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf, and we're following a year in the life studying abroad with American high school student Francesca Cronin. She was part of the Yes Abroad program which sends high school students to select countries with significant Muslim populations. It brought her all the way from Dunstable, Massachusetts, to Sarajevo, the capital city of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Later, you'll hear from her dad about what it's like to love her from afar, and you'll meet the best friend she made, talking with me right before Francesca left to go back to the States. We caught up in October of 2021, when she'd been in Sarajevo for just a month. And in our conversation, you'll hear us talk about the Bosnian War, which lasted between 1992 and 1995 and killed around 100,000 people. More than 2 million people were displaced. During this time, the people of Sarajevo were subjected to daily shelling and sniper attacks. We'll come back to that. But to get started, I wanted to know, well, one month in, how's she doing? I mean, things are going great. I've been here for a month so far. But it feels like a lot longer. Like I've met so many people and I've done so many things, seen so many new places that it feels like I've been here for more than a month. It's been really great. So when you when you landed, what was it like there and, and meeting your host family? Oh, they're really nice. It was really nice to meet them since there was a lot of anticipation. We had been here for a few days before we actually met the families. Um, and so I'm living with a father and mother and then two siblings, the host sister that I have, she speaks English and then the other ones, they don't really, which is a, a nice combination because I have a translator, but then I also have that motivation to learn Bosnian and be able to speak with them. How has speaking Bosnian been? Like, you know, I think English is, is pretty hard <laughs> if you have to learn it, yeah. but how, how does Bosnian land on that scale of difficulty? Um, I've met a lot of Bosnians that they they say that they pity me for having to learn it because there's a lot of <laughs> complicated grammar. But it, it's exciting to get to like see all these different cases and grammatical concepts. And, and I can speak enough that it's, I'm understandable, but not enough that I'm you know flawless grammar or like great vocabulary, nothing like You're that. You're at like adorable level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you've been prepping a lot for this trip. You read, you studied, you you were trying to psychologically get yourself lined up for this. What, what's been throwing you off? Like what maybe has been rocking your world a little bit about this whole experience so far? Um, I think the thing is, I am really excited for this whole experience and everything that's new to me is really exciting, but I'll meet a lot of Bosnians here that question, that excitement, that say, you were in America and you decided to come here, of all places here. And there's definitely a lot of, of people that don't have such an appreciation for their country, but I think that's just the grass is always greener. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm turning 18 over here, so that'll be exciting. Um, and also, I'm excited for my parents to eventually come and visit and for me to, like, show them all these spots in the city and, like, what my life is like here. I know that you've only been there for a little bit, but is there anything that you wish you knew when you left the United States that you know now? 
I think that there are a lot of little cultural things that it's impossible to know in the U.S. Like everything from how you walk down the street to how you get on the tram to how you interact with people and where to put your bag in the classroom that I feel like is all coming at me now that I'm here and I have to pick up on all these little cultural hints. So that would be a nice thing if I had come in knowing that. But of course, that's impossible. You seem like, now I don't know you personally, and we've only really talked during these interviews, but you seem like a pretty compassionate person. And I wonder if your experience being kind of out of place in this new place, even though you've been doing everything you can to fit in and learn and adapt really quickly, I wonder if this experience at this point has made you more compassionate for other people who may be feeling out of place. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, what I hear is the more time that I spend here, the more that will fade and kind of like the sense that you get used to things and at first you can overlook them, but then as time goes on, you start getting more and more irritated with that. Like if, if the tram doesn't come on time or if someone's walking down the street and almost gets hit by a car and at first you can just laugh and say, Oh, well, that's that's the city. But then as the months go by, you say, like, come on, what are you doing? That's how you know you've made it. Yeah, exactly. How much do you miss being home in the United States? I I miss some things a little bit. Like, of course, my family, my dog. But I also I've been doing so much this last month that I've been able to, in a way, fill those gaps. Like I have a host family here that I can hang out with. And I have a lot of friends here that I spend time with, but I almost miss the feeling of being so comfortable in the U S where I can just put my feet back and relax. And I know that like, this is my home. And right now I haven't settled into the point where I can just say like, I'm at home and feel safe with everything around me. Sarajevo has a hell of a history. Um, Yes. How much of the history of Sarajevo is part of the culture there, which seems like kind of a strange question to ask. Like, of course, it's a huge part of the culture there, but how much is it a part of the culture there? It's it's pretty strong. Um, like when you walk down the road, you can still see bullet holes in buildings. When you go to my school, the the staircase there has these, um, they call them Sarajevo roses, So it's where mortar shells had hit the um, cement and then they fill that in with red resin to commemorate that. Uh, And so my school, that's just, um, I I don't think anyone died there on the streets though. uh, When you see those, it means that at least 10 people died from that mortar shell. Um, So yeah, that's, that's pretty intense. It's a lot of emotion there. And even kids at school will tell me about how one day when the school was getting shelled, um, a teacher made the kids stay in class and continue a math test to the end. And it's, it's very strong. But in terms of the people, they don't talk about it as much, especially the older generations that live through it. I think that there's a lot of raw emotion with it. Yeah. I imagine that it's just it's something that either you don't talk about at all, like you're saying, or is and should be something we talk about, right? But I think it also factors in in almost a positive way. Like it's a very sociable culture where people really hold their family close. They hold their friends close. They spend so much time together. And similarly, uh, when Bosnia was part of Yugoslavia, uh, people will talk about how they didn't have as much to eat. And so nowadays, when your mother is giving you just heaps and heaps of food, it's because when she was a kid, she didn't have all that food. And so it's nice in that way of bringing people together. Well, Francesca Cronin, thanks for updating us. Thank you so much for having me again. We wanted to let Francesca simmer for a little while before touching base again, so we reconnected five months later, six months into her time in Sarajevo. So I asked her, how have things been? Honestly, things have been incredible. Definitely a roller coaster, like of emotions and highs and lows and great days, bad days. But over the past few months, I've just so many good experiences, so many friends. I wouldn't trade it for the world. All right. So I have to ask what some of the hard stuff has been. This winter, 
things had been a little tricky, just the holidays, homesickness, um, even COVID made things difficult. Uh, all of January, I first was quarantining for COVID and then I actually got COVID and so I was quarantining even more. Um, there was a death in the family back home in America and that was tricky. That was right when I had COVID as well. So just isolating and even a death in the family here in Bosnia. So a roller coaster, a lot of different new experiences with some of it, just to see how different cultures react to different things. But it's it's been nice to look back on and to see, hey, you've powered over that. Look at how great things are now. It's hard enough to deal with death when you're with family and friends who know you and have known you your whole life and all that stuff. But um, how... What did you do to take care of yourself when you were experiencing the death from far away and up close? How did you take care of yourself? I guess in that aspect, I'm lucky that I have all the technology that we have now. If it was back in, I don't know, the 50s that I was doing this exchange <laughs> and I had to send a letter saying, I'm sorry to hear about the death to my dad or anything like that, that would be really tricky. But I'm able to, to call my family and to deal with it through them even if I wasn't with them at the time. And actually I was recently able to see my family here in Bosnia. So it's been, it's been nice to get together. So what was it like having your family over? Was it, I, I bet, is it like you've been living on another planet and then your earth family comes to the other planet and you're all of a sudden seeing it through their eyes, seeing what you went through through their eyes. Am I striking any chords? Sometimes it's like, oh, they they do something and it's like rookie mistake. Like like what? Different things like like going out with wet hair. That's a really big one in Bosnia where you can't go outside with wet hair. You're gonna get pneumonia. You're going to die. And so I went through that in the beginning where I was told never go out with wet hair. And now here they are, all these months later, and I've like assimilated to this cultural aspect. And I'm thinking like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> Just things like that. But it was a nice point in my exchange where I can look at like the progress I've made with both cultural things and language because I was their translator for their entire visit. And I was able to, to show off a little bit and to, to just like realize, Hey, I've actually learned a lot about this and I've actually really grown with that. Did it give you a sense of power and control that you never really had in, in this dynamic in your family earlier when you were living back home? Definitely. And even my parents who both have learned a bunch of languages were able to say like, I've tried to learn these languages, but I haven't gotten this far with it. And so that makes me feel nice about how, how the work that I've put in trying to learn this language has paid off. It's funny because you and I only know each other through talking for this episode of the show. And I feel like you have a really understated sense of self-confidence which is strong, like you are self-confident, you know, you're also a human being who doubts themselves as we are all want to do. But it sounds also that this trip has boosted your confidence in ways that, dare I say, may be affecting you like for the rest of your life. Definitely. Both the trip of theirs and this whole exchange, this whole exchange has shown me that like I, I can deal with obstacles and I can move past it. And like if I've if I've done this, then I can do anything, you know. So now that you've been there uh, for so long, in what ways does it feel like you are home now in Sarajevo? More than I ever expected. I, I have to leave in less than three months and I don't know how I'm going to do it, which is coming here was also a, different, a difficult experience having to leave that home and my parents and my family and my friends. But I think this is actually going to be harder just because I know that it's, it's, I'm, I'm never going to be able to come back. And, and I've made so many good connections. I've met so many good people and I don't know how I'm going to leave them behind here. If there's one person that you want to like send a message to, like someone who really got under your skin in a good way in this trip, who are they? And what would you say to them? My friend Azra that I've made here. She is just the sweetest person. She is so open-minded where she's willing to hear everyone out, but she's also so strong in her own perspectives that I've learned a lot from her. And I definitely, I'm definitely going to miss having that perspective around me, having her around me. 
every time we talk, there's something crazy going on in the world. And <laughs> which is like, it's an evergreen thing to say, I think, for the rest of our lives. Uh, but right now, there's a war in Ukraine. And um, being in a country that's experienced war firsthand, um, how are you seeing people where you are react to what's been going on in Ukraine? I think there's a huge sense of empathy here where people can really see what's happening there and, and feel their own pain, their own experiences through it. The people of Sarajevo lived through the time when their city was besieged and they can really see other cities in Ukraine that are going through the same thing and are just like needlessly having this pain being caused for them and people taken away from them. They can understand that for sure. How much do people talk about it? I mean, here in the United States, it's in every headline. Is it prominent there like it seems to be here? Definitely. It's prominent in the in sense of this is what's happening in Ukraine and also this is how it could possibly affect us in Bosnia. Because even though geographically it's not so close, it's still close in terms of political ties and everything. And there's definitely a fear that maybe this is going to come our way. And that's definitely very prevalent in the headlines. How do you hope to remember this time in Sarajevo? I hope to remember this as a time that I grew a lot, that I made a lot of friends, and I learned a lot about myself. And I was able to experience something new that I'm never going to forget again. We'll hear a final interview with Francesca towards the end of the show. But in the meantime, being Francesca's father must be something else, right? I mean, in general, yeah. But now that she's over 4,000 miles and six time zones away, as a parent, what's that like? Back in April, I asked her dad, Peter Cronin, to talk about his experience as the father of a student abroad. How did it feel seven months ago when he had to say goodbye? not good because she's, you know, she is a great kid and we love having her around the house. Um, she's the youngest of four daughters or four sisters and they had all peeled off and gone off to college and that sort of thing. So knowing that we would you know, have a completely empty house was uh, unappealing. Knowing that she was taking off was unappealing, but also it just made sense for her. She was, she was cooped up at home. She'd seen what her sisters had done. She wanted to do her own thing. She'd had enough of the local high school. It was it was time for her to do something. And how long had you been apart before she left? Had she ever gone away for an extended period of time? No. Maybe a, a night of summer camp somewhere, but uh, nothing like that. Nothing remarkable. Will you bring me back to the day that she went to the airport? Um how was she behaving? How did she feel? And what was it like for you to send her off? Um, how was she acting? Well, expectedly quiet, a little reserved, but um, she was ready to go. And you? Well, we didn't want it, but we, we were ready. The airport was the worst, of course. You know, because at the time as well, we knew that the plan was there'd be absolutely no way to see her for the rest of the calendar year. And then maybe in around March, the program would open up and let us visit a little bit. But that was a maybe. And with COVID still kind of raging back then, it was not that likely. So there was a good possibility we weren't going to see her for 10 months. Which, you know, we have to rationalize it and put it in perspective and compare it to other people who send their kids off to the military or something. So you can't really feel too, so sorry for yourself. And it was interesting that, she got, she got on the plane September 9th, and she was basically going to arrive in Sarajevo on the 11th, which was the 20th anniversary of September 11th. This program came from September 11th. It's a, the program was spawned by Senators Kennedy and Luger, who put it together in order to foster better relations between the U.S. and Muslim countries, which is why they picked Bosnia. So it was interesting on September 11th for me to know that my kid was doing a little bit to contribute to those better relations. So that helped a bit. Like I said, also, much better than sending her off to war. But certainly giving her that last hug, that was rough. Now, I know the answer to this question is yes. Do you miss her? But what do you miss about her? 
she's very funny. It's a wit that's really, I mean, for instance, when we arrived, because we did visit her in March, we arrived and she was instructing us on how to tip in Bosnia because they basically don't. And we asked her hypothetically, you're in a restaurant and it's a really expensive meal. And she said, yeah, maybe then you leave a few marks, which is their currency. You, you leave a few marks. I said, what if the service is really, really good? And she said, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, she's just, the way she delivered the remark, it, it won't be, is quintessential Francesca. So that, that kind of, having that around is what I miss. Yeah. You mentioned you went to visit her in March in Sarajevo. What was it like seeing her there? Had, was she different? Did she seem different to you? Uh, certainly more grown up. You know, she hops on the tram. She walks around the city. She's very relaxed. She's very comfortable in all these environments. That was really good to see. The last time we talked with her, we asked what it was like having you there. And, and she was talking about how she felt in control. She knew how to you know, navigate the city. And all of a sudden, she's the one that you're looking to, right? How was right, that for you? Right, right. Well, particularly with language. You know, I was there with my wife and two other daughters, and they aren't necessarily good at picking up languages. Um, I'll brag a little myself. You know, I learned my five or ten words so I could at least say please and thank you and that sort. But but really, Francesca was our translator, and and she's really good too. That was the biggest shock when we when we arrived. We were picked up by her host father, who doesn't speak any English, so we picked up by car with him, and she's chatting away with him in the front seat. Like it's just her first language, as far as I could tell, anyway. And um, and then when we were in the shops and whatnot, she was she was chatting with people all the time, and that was great to see. So yeah, she was in charge, and that's that comfortableness that I'm talking about. Letting go is definitely an art, and letting go of your children in this way is is a special kind of art. So for those parents who may be listening to this, whose kids. Mm-hmm are heading off somewhere far, far away. What kind of advice would you have for those parents? Yeah, look for the good. The exposure the, that they'll have to what else is out there in the world. That Yeah, just have to concentrate on those good things. Peter Cronin, thank you very much for talking with me. Thank you for talking to me. After the break, what does the best friend Francesca made in Sarajevo have to say about saying goodbye? It'll be so awful. We avoid talking about it. Plus a final conversation with Francesca after she got home. And a special recollection from Audacious producer and former student abroad, Jessica Severin Martinez. I'm Kyone Wolf. This is Audacious. Be right back. You're listening to the new investigative reporting podcast in absentia, which means you're interested in getting to the facts and uncovering the truth. If you'd like to help us continue our investigative work, consider making a donation. Visit ctpublic.org slash tap support and contribute today. That's ctpublic.org slash TAP support. Thank you for being a part of the Accountability Project. So, you've never donated to this station before? That's okay. Public Media Giving Days are a great time to make your first gift. Here's how. Give now at ctpublic.org slash donate. This is Audacious. I'm Kyone Wolf. We've been following American Francesca Cronin, a student from Dunstable, Massachusetts, as she spends an academic year abroad in Sarajevo. There was this friend that Francesca mentioned when we last spoke, Azra Henitsa. They met each other in school, but I wanted to know from Azra, what was it that really bonded them? We started playing uh, poker, actually. That's how we first met. She had like cards and in the during the breaks, because we had a lot of like small breaks between the classes. So who's better at poker, you or her? Oh, I would definitely have to say her, even though neither of us is good. (laughs) I mean, we play by our own rules, so we make it work. When she leaves to come back to the United States in a couple months, I can see your face. How do you think that'll feel? 
It'll be so awful. We avoid talking about it so much because we don't want to think about it, but it will be so awful because we've kind of bonded so much and our lives kind of just connected through all of these small experiences and through school and everything. And I don't think I can imagine my life without them right now. Oof. But I think that the memories will be more worth it than all the pain that's going to come with it. And it's better if we just make as many memories as we can as we go, because we really didn't know that this time would go by so fast. And like, even now in the second semester, like it's just going by and it's just the weeks are piling up the tests going and I don't know. It will be really, really difficult, but I'm so happy that I got this opportunity to meet her and to see this completely different thing because I've ne never met someone like her. I can't wait for her to hear this. <laughs> um, I know that Francesca is going to remember a lot about you because you're awesome, but what do you hope she remembers about Sarajevo? Oh, we went on to so many walks around Sarajevo and I think she knows her way around the Sarajevo better than I do at this point. She's gotten all this experience about the public transportation, about the people, the coffee. I think that the coffee is our main component of everything here. We've tried so many coffees together. So, yeah. If you could take this opportunity to tell her something that she'll hear later on international radio, uh, what would you want her to hear? Okay. Well, I want to tell her that I will always cherish the time we've spent together and that I will always remember it. And I hope to see her very, very soon. And I love her very, very much. Azra, thank you so much for talking with me. It was really a pleasure. I remember you That was Azra Henitza. Now on to our fourth and final catch-up with Francesca. We recorded it a couple weeks ago in early August. She'd been home for two months. So, Francesca, how are you feeling? I'm excited. I'm going to college in a couple months. Where are you going? I'm going to school in Ireland at Trinity College Dublin. Okay. So back and then out again. Exactly. Yeah. I think that my time in Bosnia really decided that for me because I was doing my college applications over there. Okay. There are a lot of great schools in Massachusetts, all over New England. I could stay close to home, but at the end of the day, I really want to explore new things, meet new people and just like see a different way of life. Did you have a final meal? <laughs> Isn't that for people on death row? Yes. But, um, and people leaving countries and friends. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I definitely had some meals that I knew I was going to miss and I had those as many times as possible during those final weeks and months, which just like Bosnian delicacies. Like what? Like uh, pizza is really popular in Bosnia. It's a pie, but you could put cheese in it. You could put meat in it. You could put different vegetables and things. And only my husband made it just a certain way. And it was just so good. I tried to make it a few times here, actually, but it's just not the same. When you were saying goodbye to your friends and your host family. I know it was sad, but what else was it? It was, it was a time that I could really reminisce on how much I love those people and how great they have been to me, giving me a great nine months and really showing me the best of Bosnia. What's been really hard about acclimating back here in the last couple of months besides the slower pace? I guess just um, seeing life go on without me in Bosnia, that's been a little bit difficult. Knowing that that fast-paced life that I had is now happening for the people that I used to share it with. 
but I'm not there. And so they're making these new memories without me. That's been a little bit difficult for me. My producer of this show, Jessica, um, the whole, she came up with the idea of the show and and <laughs> studied abroad here in the United States from Germany. Uh, and she was talking to me about how she felt uh, this reverse culture shock that she, you know, when she was abroad here, she'd grown up in a lot of ways and the surroundings of her hometown really hadn't so much. So it's almost like she didn't really fit into what her old life felt like. I wonder if, if you relate to that at all. Definitely. There were things that it felt like you were stepping into a foreign country when I got to America. Even just hearing people speak English on the street, it was it was shocking. It was, whoa, they're speaking English. They must be from America. Wait, I am in America. This all makes sense. Or I had um, something with license plates in Bosnia, where San Sarajevo is the capital city. There are license plates from all different Europe. Uh, European countries and then all different U.S. states that people kind of import to Boston. And so I was I was obsessed with looking at these different license plates. And then I get to America and I see all these American license plates. And I'm shocked because that used to be such like a rare license plate. What a great find. And now it's everywhere. So things that I used to think were special because they were American are now just usual because they're American. What do you think you learned the most about yourself while you were there, now that you've had some time to think about it? I think I learned that I'm capable of doing these things, where going to a foreign country was never something that I thought, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. I could do that. And then having done it and having done it fairly successfully, I'm now a lot more confident in my own ability to just do something like that. So do you think because of that, your future just went on a totally different course because had you not done this, that kind of confidence wouldn't be as strong as it is? Definitely. Now I'm thinking, where to next? I'm going to Ireland for four years, but then after that, you know, we got so many continents, so many countries. It's a lot to see out there. If you had a theme song for this past year, what do you think it'd be? Maybe I'm Still Standing by Elton John. <laughs> well, Francesca Cronin, how do I say thank you for talking with me in Bosnian? Oh, let's see. Uh, well, Havala Puna would be thank you a lot. Okay. Francesca Cronin, Havala Puna. Perfect. Yeah? <laughs> and thank you so much for letting me share this experience. It's really been nice to talk about it and to meet you guys. the very beginning of the show, you heard from my producer, Jessica Severin D. Martinez. This whole episode was her idea, inspired by the time she was a student from Germany, spending a year in high school in Oklahoma City, nearly 25 years to the day of the airing of this episode. As a lifelong poet and top-notch public radio producer, Jessica dug up some old journals from her year abroad and found this piece that was perfect for this episode, written when she was 16 and just one month into her experience. Do you know how it feels to pack all your stuff into two suitcases, to leave the people you love, knowing you're only a teenager and won't be taken seriously by some people? Do you know how it feels to be part of a foreign culture, having a second family, dreaming in a foreign language, living a completely new life? Go for it. That's so sweet because the tone I got from it was like, challenging, sad, a little mournful. And then at the very end, go for it. That's so you. It was all of the things. It was such a roller coaster, but I would do it again. <laughs> Here's what I want to really understand is why was it so important to you to do this for yourself and for us to do this show where we follow Francesca? For me, it was one of the things that have really impacted me the most in my life, to go away at age 16, to be away from my usual environment for a whole year. It has shaped me in so many ways, and I thought it would be really powerful to follow someone along that transformation, along that journey. And part of me wishes that I, I had had some interviews like that when I went back, back in the day. 
it's so rewarding, but it is also also hard. And the reason I really wanted to do the show is because I just I feel like the only way that we can all learn to live together is by actually living together and going out there and understanding new people and to just expect the unexpected. That's why I really wanted to do this. Any other sticking points that we haven't gotten to yet? Before I went, I always thought, well, there are some people that you don't really need in your lives. Um, but after this year, I realized that every person you meet enriches your life in some way or another. And even if it is, well, this is not the way I want to be, but thank you for showing me <laughs> that every single person that crosses your path is something to be thankful for. And when we're floating out in this beautiful world, it just makes us better to see and be with others. Well, Jessica Sever and Martinez, thank you for talking with me. And thank you for this show. Kion Wolf, thank you for making it happen. We're going out with the national anthem of Bosnia and Herzegovina, played by the European Philharmonic Orchestra. Audacious is always lovingly produced by me, Jessica Severin Martinez, and Katie Talarski at Connecticut Public Radio in Hartford. Special thanks this week to Michelle Peters from Yes Abroad for connecting us with Francesca. We'll have a link to Yes Abroad and photos from Francesca, Peter, and Azra at ctpublic.org audacious. Subscribe to this show and you'll always get to hear it a day early. You can hear them on your favorite podcast app. Send me your reactions, show ideas, thoughts, poems, prose, anything at all, really, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wolf, or you can email me at audacious at ctpublic.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks.